2: We are jumping here, hour number two here on the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, we talked about the, you know, football on this side of the pond. We've got to talk a little bit about football on this side of the pond and the other side of the pond. We got big soccer matches coming up. First of all, the MLS Cup is set. Kevin. In the Western Conference Finals yesterday, the Seattle Sounders took out Minnesota 3-2. They advanced to the MLS Cup where they will see the Columbus Crew, Kev, Jossie Zardis and Literally, the crew. They got through the New England Revolution 1-0 in the Eastern Conference Final. It sets up for MLS Cup, Kev. We got the Seattle Sounders and the Columbus crew. That'll be taking place later on. I think it's Friday or Saturday of this week. There are odds Mm -hmm. out already. There are lines out already. A champion will be crowned in MLS. And, Kev, we got to give a little love to the MLS, right? They helped get us through parts of the pandemic, the MLS is back tournament in the bubble that went down and we have the lines up for the mls championship with the three-way line as you know the draw at plus 230 if you think we're going to get some pks involved um the columbus crew slight favorites to start for mls cup
1: well Dane. luckily for us we talked about the mls's back futures market Yes, A couple of weeks back, not that long ago, and the Seattle Sounders were plus 340 to win this whole thing. And here we are now with a final shot to win this whole thing. Nice. And the best thing about this is I'm not going to do what I always do, which is, hey, hedge, a little bit of profit. No hedge. Don't hedge. Because you know why? This thing could end in a draw. And That's then they can win in extra time. You know what I mean? So there, there's nothing to hedge off of here. You let this thing ride. Hopefully, and and the and the logic entirely behind backing the Sounders. Obviously, you knew what kind of team they were, but it was just kind of matching it up. The team that they were playing in that round, it was FC Dallas, had the short, had the longest odds, excuse me, to win this ah, whole thing. Yeah. But the go. Sounders checked in with the only the third shortest odds. So there's a little bit of a gap there. So I felt like Seattle showed <laughs> us a little bit of value. And here they are. And you got a, a number that's almost plus 350 to win this whole thing.
2: I'll take it. We'll check in on that. Maybe we'll ask our guy, Tom and Mello, for his pick in an MLS cup. But listen, also, the champions resumes this week. And Kev, we talk about like the group stage. This is the end of the group stage. This is when, this is like, you know, the last week getting into the playoffs kind of thing. These matchups will have a lot on them. Match day six, okay? And so today, remember, it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays where you can get it during the afternoon. Today, we've got the finales in group E, F, G, and H. I want to draw your attention first to group F, Kev. If we can get the standings for group F. F up on the screen and in the biggest matchup today Kev we've got Lazio versus Club Bruges you see that is the second and third place teams in this group with 9 and 7 points respectively they face off against each other today in the other big matches in group H if we can get the group H standings up as well in group H Kev we got two teams i know you have heard of from Bundesliga we got Leipzig They take on Manchester United today. Look at that. The two of them and PSG all with nine points. But it's Man U and RB Leipzig that face off as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, around the globe. Big shout out to all the affiliates. Those are two games here to finish up the group stage of Champions League that are going to have a lot of eyes
1: on it today, Kev. The United one is is so massive because they came out early in this group and established themselves as big favorites because they knocked off PSG, which was a huge Mm -hmm. result, and then they played Leipzig, and they beat them 5-0. 5-0, they they beat Leipzig. So that was the type of result that it completely changes the outlook, right? They were supposed to run away with this group, and then – They handed a game over to the bottom of the table, right? which is supposed to be the one thing that nobody in this group was going to do. So they let LSK take a game off of them, and here we are now looking up and trying to find out how this team should be feeling. And this is going to be a tough little climb for them to get this job done here because Leipzig is no slouch, and Leipzig wants obviously this spot. PSG playing at the playing uh the team at the bottom there, LSK, that you would expect, or Istanbul, they get excuse through. me. They you know, they, they should have no qualms here. The thing for United is with a win, very likely you will finish top of the table. Which is, mm. you know, right now, look at the other teams that are at the top right. of the table, Dane. Barca, yeah. Dortmund, sure. Chelsea, yeah. Liverpool, City, Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. and then Borussia Gladbach. let Let's get it. There you go. But realistically, yeah. Dane, that's ones play twos. So instead of right. playing Bayern, you play Sevilla. <laughs> instead of playing yeah, Barca, big you play Lazio. So this is a yep. huge game here for United. A draw gets them through, but a win... Very likely, he sees them finish top of the group.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is going to be very interesting. And that's why I make the point this is the last match day of the round robin stage. It's going to be very interesting. Tomorrow, Kev, there's some big time matchups with squads that I know you like. And you know that uh, my squad. Brucia and Gladbach also has a huge matchup tomorrow, Kev, against Real Madrid. We'll talk about that one tomorrow. We turn our attention to college football when we come back right here on the early line and see who still has a chance.
0: Welcome
2: back in everybody right here to the early line giving you the edge and we all wait for baited breath today as a college football uh, playoff rankings will come out again. We have seen an updated top 25 as a little bit of a framework. So let's check this out now biggest movers and shakers remember Coastal Carolina with their victory over undefeated BYU go all the way to 11. They still can't sniff the top 10. Unfortunately, Ohio State because They are back in action. They played, and they are number three. Texas A&M, Florida, they got through. Cincy is still there. Indiana with their backup quarterback with a victory over Wisconsin. We'll talk, by the way, we'll talk to our guy Jerry DePaula in the next segment. But Indiana gets to number eight. Kevin, what is the biggest thing you noticed when these rankings came out? People moving up, people moving down, playing certain things out with conference championship games on the
1: horizon. What did you, what rated the most for you here? Ah oh, man, I think this is entirely your fault, but it was Tulsa being 18th. I feel like ah! it's a big deal. It is for and tell everybody why that's a big deal, Kev. Yeah, because Cincinnati keeps playing these teams that are like supposed to be good, but they're either you know they're either ranked at the time and then they completely lose out, or they've shown up and they're not in the right form. But they're gonna play Tulsa at 18. Now Cincinnati goes out there, they'll boat race them, they'll drop out of the top 25, and it'll be all for naught. But this is still a big opportunity there for Cincinnati. It'll be another test. I'm sure Joe Lisi will be back in Tulsa. And it'll be a spot here for, for the Bearcats, Dane, because we've talked about mm-hmm. the chaos theory a lot. And yep. Florida losing to Bama is a-, a favored outcome that gets you to six. Now, yep. A&M, unfortunately, holding serve. to Auburn might make that, that a little bit tougher. That was but not helpful. But AM, yeah. if they were on track to be the four, they've already played Alabama and they That's lost it. bad. Cincinnati it would be a conference champion. Maybe with Tulsa now being looked at as a quality opponent, hey, Tulsa right. 18th can't find Auburn anywhere here on this top 25 poll. Maybe, right. maybe they could jump AM. Now, you're going to need Notre Dame to beat Clemson again by a lot. That's the only way. No, you don't need them to beat them by a lot. I think if they beat him just again, I think Cincinnati has a shot. If they beat them by a lot, then for sure. And in fact, you know, I, I'm glad that you and I, we were a little bit early on it, but we started talking last week or two weeks ago about how could Clemson survive a loss in the ACC title game. And there's avenues for that to happen as well. I don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to get in front of Ohio State unless Ohio State lost a game. And that's, you know, that's that's when chaos theory becomes, I'm looking for a 24-point sure. favorite to get upset. So, sure. but Cincinnati, Dane, way more life than I would have thought off of an idle At week. this stage,
2: yeah. And at this stage, I think you're right, right? They need to uh, jump up uh, three times, right? in order to fully get to four, which we all knew was a long shot and chaos and all that stuff. What I would need for that to happen is Florida to lose in the SEC championship game. I think that is possible. Mm. What I would need is, like you said, Clemson to get banged out by Notre Dame, solidifying Alabama-Notre Dame, having Clemson lose. Then I would need Cincinnati to get through it all, right? Get through Tulsa and earn the moniker of being a conference champion. I'm going to hold out hope that that little conference champion parentheses next to their name, that that would be the trump card to get them over Tulsa. Texas A&M. That is what I would have to hope for if I wanted that chaos theory. The other big elephant in the room, Kev, is about the Ohio State Buckeyes, who looked amazing on Saturday. Justin Fields was toying with them dudes there but the question still remains what happens if they don't play again in their big 10 schedule michigan has paused activities there is a legitimate issue with michigan okay this is not harbour trying to prevent his rival or anything like that michigan didn't play last week kev so now we have michigan if they you know Resume activities going to the horseshoe here on Saturday. Talk to me about. I mean, we think Ohio State will beat Michigan, but talk to me about all the weird COVID complications on if this game gets played and what Ohio State's you know pivot point is here in the playoff.
1: I think the first thing I want to mention is a lot of these coaches better be careful. Because they're starting to show that maybe all that matters is recruiting and not coaching. Goodness gracious. I mean, right. Sabins boys, without him, win the Iron Bowl by 29. Ryan Day and his Buckeyes <laughs> without him beat Michigan State by 40. I'm just saying, it, it's a lot. But it's fine. At the end of the day, it is what it is. As far as Ohio State goes, Dane, that was the type of performance that kind of spoils the fun. It's uh, never mind. The Ohio State Black guys are going to get in. They're going to get in because that was a dominant performance. And that's all they need was a dominant performance. Because part of the argument last week was the quality of win. The way the team was playing wasn't all that glorious. But they're going to boat race Michigan. I mean, lay the number. I don't know the number. Lay the number.
2: 28 and a half is that, like, the number right now. 67 and a half is the total.
1: Ridiculous.
2: Let me ask you so this, ridiculous. though. Do you know? I honestly don't know. Who are they primed to see in the Big Ten championship game? Because well, it was Northwestern would, fell by the wayside. Wisconsin yeah, I think is, it is still Northwestern. It was still, is still going to be Northwestern. That's not exciting I mean, 50s, to me. I would love to the see country. them have to see Indiana, though. I would love to have to see them see that Indiana nah, defense already... again in a neutral situation, but maybe they're in the same division as Indiana? Like, why yeah, they're the in the same division. No, they're in the same they, division. Obliter- so it yeah, looks like Northwestern. Yeah. It looks like it would yeah. be yeah. Northwestern. We've already seen that, been there, done that. I've got the postcard and the t shirt. So you're right. Um, the only thing stopping the Buckeyes, in my opinion, is the potential of this game getting canceled, and then that being not enough, right? With an undefeated so, Cincinnati
1: and that kind of I, stuff as well. But go ahead. Let me let me say this with the Buckeyes, honestly. I think the new que- the new question. This is crazy. This is how much we can change things. Is can this team end up being the number one team? Which I think is possible. No, I don't. Because I think you
2: well, need. You need eight games, then Kev. At some point, like this even when you're talking
1: game. about like Alabama Notre Dame, they got four we'll go, more games. I agree, I agree. But here's the thing: I don't know what the committee does because we're now we're now we're now back to the starting point. Okay, Notre Dame and Bama lose the conference title games to Clemson and Florida, respectively, and then here comes Ohio State was Ohio as the State. unbeaten Big Ten champion. Dane, what do they do? Only one of them is going to have to be out. I don't think they're going to want the Buckeyes out. And I worry about my Notre Dame fighting Irish, but...
2: I would need to see the scores of those games, Kev. If Florida does the trick, and if Clemson does the the trick... Within the point spread. Right, no, I hear you. What happens? Like, that is, you know, my chaos theory involves Cincinnati. Your chaos theory involves five blue-chip programs, right? And if one and two at the 11th hour, have to fall down a bit. The question is, who falls to five, right? That is ultimately the question. In your chaos theory that involves the Florida Gators winning the SEC championship, Mm -hmm. which some people think is possible, and which involves Clemson winning the rematch, right? Then you have five Big time blue chip programs for four spots. And you have, unfortunately, the only unbeaten one and two teams sustaining a loss. Right before the announcement of the final bracket. That is, you know, another quandary for the selection committee. And it wouldn't be able to have the default answer of, oh, Cincinnati didn't play anybody. You would have to apply that argument either to like Notre Dame or Alabama or say that the power five conference championship win was not enough and I want to see the committee say one of those things if that chaos reigns we've got someone Kev who can help us figure this out Jerry's got a vote Jerry can help this happen we'll ask Jerry about Cincy the conference championships the changing schedule of it all and what he's doing with his vote when we come back right here on the early line
0: Welcome
2: back in, everybody, right here to the Early Line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Big shout out to all of our affiliates who are getting the edge early on here, and boy, have we got the edge for you. We welcome back our friend of the show, Jerry DiPaola. He has a vote in the top 25. He told us sort of his thinking about this. I guess this was something like three weeks ago, let's say, Jerry, but now more has happened. The Ohio State Buckeyes have played a few more games, but ultimately, Jerry, isn't it's still kind of the question of they're going to probably get through their season undefeated, right? I mean, if they lose a game, they fall by the wayside and we all know that. But they're going to probably get through undefeated. How will this Big Ten Ohio State likely championship team stack up Not, Jerry, against BYU or Cincinnati, but against some other blue-chip programs like I count SEC champs, ACC champs, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, people like Kyle Trask in Florida. You're going to have some tough decisions to make in a week or two, aren't you, Jerry? And a lot of them circle around Ohio State. How will you treat
3: Ohio State's body of work? Well, it depends on what everybody else does. I mean, Ohio State's body of work is not going to be the same as, hey, Clemson. Not going to play as many games, obviously. Uh, but if they they beat Notre Dame, okay, then how do you leave Notre Dame out? But if Notre Dame wins, then Ohio State, you know, gets back in. The other thing is, what if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game? What do you do with Alabama? Can't leave them out. That's just a blowout. Florida win, and I can't see, I can't see Alabama not making the top four even if they lose that, that SEC championship game. So I'm going. I'm still going. I think it's going to end up the same way it is right now uh, with, with Alabama, Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame will beat Clemson the second time, uh, although it's going to be a close game, a very interesting game. Because, you know, I, I watched Clemson play Pitt a few few weeks ago, and, and, and Trevor Lawrence is really good, you know.
0: We've
3: got to be really salivating to get him in a buying center next season uh, to get the right coach. Uh, but so I, I go with Alabama and Notre Dame, uh, Clemson and in, 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 uh, in Ohio State right now. We'll, we'll see what happens in the SEC championship game and the ACC championship game.
1: So, Jerry, a question for you. See, I don't know how much you're able to speak to your other fellow AP voters, but uh, someone who not far uh, up ahead of you there is John Clay, who represents Kentucky. And i, I got a problem with, with Mr. Clay because he's got Clemson in front of Notre Dame. I mean, I just find that wildly unacceptable, Jerry, but it allows me to ask you the question. How much do you give Notre Dame or not give Notre Dame credit, credit for that win against Clemson? Because I know we talked about that a ways, a ways, a ways ago, but that seems like it might still be a sticking point here when we talk about some of these outcomes. If Notre Dame Have they already done enough to secure themselves a spot in this top four? Or could they really be fighting for their
3: playoff lives in that ACC title game? If they lose, if they lose to Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, yeah, because the first time they beat Clemson was overtime and Trevor Lawrence didn't play. Although their backup quarterback threw for a lot of yards too. Uh, I I think if Clemson loses that game, uh, you know, I think there's no problem. Notre Dame is in, Clemson is out. If Clemson wins that game, then the, the voters, uh, the college, the committee has to decide what to do with Notre Dame. I saw Notre Dame play. I think they're a solid team. The Ian Book is one of the top five, top three quarterbacks in in the league and in in, in in the nation. So I don't see how you uh, and they, the great offensive line and some really good receivers and, and, and a nice running game and, and a great defense. I don't see how you leave Notre Dame out. You know, unless they get blown out by Clemson in you know, a forty-two to three or something, which is not going to happen. I don't see how Notre Dame doesn't make the top four.
2: All right, fair enough, Jerry. Like, you know, I have been asking you about the Cincinnati Bearcats, right? Florida could lose in the SEC championship game. Notre Dame could beat them, uh, beat Clemson again, right, by a lot, forcing Clemson to fall back since he could still win their conference championship, maybe to hop over a Texas A&M. None of that is what I want to ask you. I have accepted on some level, Jerry, that it is a long way for the Cincinnati Bearcats to actually make the top four. So let's not talk about the top four, per se, But boy, Jerry, did I love what I saw on Saturday over the weekend when BYU played Coastal Carolina. These are two of those kind of not power five teams that were undefeated that went out there. You know, Jerry, did you watch that game? Did you enjoy that game? And were you impressed by these like group of five teams? Does it open the door to maybe be more impressed by some of these mid-majors like a Cincinnati or, you know, like a whoever comes down the pike later on in years, you know, in the future? Because I thought the Coastal Carolina-BYU game was awesome,
3: and those were two solid teams. Two very good teams, and they deserve to be in the conversation as far as the top ten, or maybe even the top eight. Sure, But that's the way it's structured right now. You only have four teams in there. I don't see Coastal (laughs) Carolina Uh, BYU or Cincinnati being among the top four teams in the nation. I just don't. Uh, I think they're very good teams. I'd love to see Cincinnati play Ohio State. I'm sure Cincinnati would love to play Ohio State, but I don't think Ohio State wants to play Cincinnati. Uh, but, but not going to happen, obviously. So I, I think they're good teams. They're those fun game to watch. Coastal Carolina winning that game at the end against BYU. BYU is a very good team. I saw them in the first game of the season when they ran all over Navy uh, on TV that night when the Navy wasn't tackling. Um, and in Coastal Carolina, you know, really good, uh, awesome, solid team. It, it's, it would beat most teams that it plays. It would not be any of the top four teams that, that are ranked at one through four right now, though.
1: Jerry, the team that you have right in front of Coastal Carolina is a team that I'm becoming increasingly more interested in because they are a blue blood program that has been in the college football playoff a ton. And that's the Oklahoma Sooners. This team was left for dead in the beginning of the year as Spencer Rattler struggled to kind of find his footing, was turning the football over. He actually was benched in the Texas game. Then he ended up winning and kind of coming back and changing their season. They have the opportunity to redeem a loss against Iowa State in the Big 12 title game. Would it be enough for them to... Crack the top four, look, I think you're talking about a lot of things that they would need to go their way. But what do you make of this Sooners team and how Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler have started to come together?
3: They're one of the best teams in the nation right now. And it's too bad there's not eight teams in this playoff because I really believe they're definitely one of the top eight, I think, anyway. um, And they're better than Coastal Carolina, obviously. Um, you know, Oklahoma, Indiana, Iowa State—all those teams are right in there. Even Miami, I guess, could sneak in there and into the top eight if there was a top eight. But Oklahoma's playing is better than most teams in the country right now. They probably deserve uh, to be a top ten team, obviously. That, but but that with well, their body of work so far this season, I don't see them being sneaking into the top four unless really chaos ensues. If Iowa State gets beaten and uh, Alabama gets beaten, everything else—I don't think that's going to happen though. Mm-hmm. Nice season for Oklahoma, but it just goes to show every game is important. Even those games in September, what seemed like so long ago, those th- those games matter, and the committee's going to look at those games. Yeah, Jerry, the losses
2: early on by the Sooners may be a little bit too much to overcome when they stack their resume up against these kind of top four teams we're talking about. I agree with you, Jerry. It's going to kind of remain the same unless Florida pulls the upset, right, a little bit in the SEC championship game. So not this weekend, but next weekend we are going to have these two games we keep on talking about, right, the SEC championship, Alabama versus Florida, and the ACC championship, the rematch of the Fighting Irish and the Clemson Tigers who will have Trevor Lawrence under center or in shotgun as their quarterback. Talk to me. You've seen these teams. We think they're the class of the nation. Who do you got getting through? Who do you think will be the ACC champion and the SEC champion in about twelve days?
3: I have a hard time seeing anybody beating Alabama with all their weapons. You know, mm-hmm. with the quarterback and the way they throw the ball around. That's they—they they always seem to have great skill players. And that's how you win in college football today. They're the great skill players that can run faster and get by those defensive backs, which are. Very good, too. And that, that's what's going to make this game interesting, the SEC championship game. It could be 48-47, the way those teams score points. Right. It's going to be to watch. Clemson and Notre Dame might be the same way, maybe a little lower scoring than that. But, uh, you know, with Trevor Lawrence and, and Ian Book going head-to-head, that's going to be a game definitely worth watching. And But it really, between those four teams, one of them is going to have to be left out. And I think it's going mm-hmm. to be Florida. and Uh, But I I just don't see, unless it's a blowout ACC championship game, I don't see Clemson and Notre Dame, either one of those teams being left out. Uh, I think they both need to be in. I think they're they're both one of the top two of the top four teams in the nation. And it's going to be just a fun game to watch. And I'm just glad I'm not on the committee. If the game goes into triple overtime or something, then what do you do, you know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds uh, it sounds like a tough test. Let me ask you this, Jerry, as I go a little bit further down the rankings there. I believe the team checking in at 17 for you is the USC Trojans. Uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people missed this because people were looking and watching Pat Mahomes on Sunday night, but Kendon Slovis was out there playing like him. He had five first-half <laughs> touchdowns. Do you think there's any, and again, not top four, but how high can an unbeaten Trojans Pac-12 champion actually climb up these rankings for you? Because they're the first Pac-12 team that I see for you checking in at 17.
3: You know, moving up from seven, they were 16. You know, and they didn't, they didn't play on Saturday. We had to have our ballots in, you know, by 11 o'clock Sunday uh, morning waiting for that game. Uh, so that doesn't didn't factor in into in this, this week's balloting. Um, wow. but they, they win the rest of their game. They went out. I can see them maybe sneaking into the top 10, although the top 10 is a lot of competition up there. Iowa State, Miami, uh, Miami is, plays North Carolina this week. That would be a very impressive win for Miami. Now, then Miami would end up with only one loss. Maybe their top, their top 10 team. Iowa State and Oklahoma, one of those teams are, are going to lose in the Big 12 championship team. They'll fall out. I, I, I don't see USC getting any higher than maybe 12, 13 yeah. Right, just because the up top. Fair <laughs> enough, Jerry.
2: It is interesting though that you have to submit your ballots before some of the games are played. That is a very interesting nugget. Well, no, that's not you thank you, when Jerry.
3: Never Fair enough. Right, numbers. a lot
2: of the moving of the schedule and stuff. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. We're going to ask you to come on back probably after these championship games when you've got to submit this ballot. But thanks again for stopping by. We appreciate you as always, Jerry. Have a great
3: day. My pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you.
2: Welcome back in everybody right here to the early line giving you the edge Dane Martinez and the candle burner Kevin Walsh Kev always good to hear the perspective of Jerry as an actual legit AP voter and you know we talked to him about the chaos theories and all that stuff but it sounds like he sees it similar to us right that there are these potential for five teams for four spots even without Cincinnati depending on the conference championship games in the SEC and the ACC and the real threat of what to do if Florida pulls the upset in about, what, 11 days, which the way Trask and Pitts and that crew look is possible, is going to be real interesting to see the end, especially Championship Sunday next weekend.
1: Yeah, I think right now it's exciting. As a Notre Dame fan, I'm getting increasingly more frustrated. You have anxiety. You have anxiety. Because I don't anxiety. know what it's going to be. They're going to keep Notre Dame out. It's what it is. I'll tell you that right. That, and that's not no, just me win the game. Win the game. Yeah, beat the Tigers you know again. Yeah, yeah. What a simple ask. Beat the number one team in the country again. Like that's a real. I hear like, you. Like what a simple. Like, but that's what, it's has not a.
2: It's a simple. It's not a simple
1: ask for Florida to beat Alabama because if they don't do no. that, you'll be okay. 100%. One hundred percent. One hundred But here's the deal. Florida's going to get in. What's their loss going to be at AM. What's Notre Dame's loss going to be? Clemson, and somehow. Because well, Florida's going to have to get in, right? If Florida wins on the final day win. and beats Alabama, right? If they beat Alabama, yes, they would. Is, like Here's yes. the thing. Is Florida going to get higher ranked than Alabama if they win that football game? If, if this plays
2: out, I'll tell you right now, if this plays out with the doomsday scenario that you're describing here, like for doomsday for maybe Notre Dame, right? If Florida wins and Clemson wins, right? I got to yeah. tell you the truth. And this is just me, but you know, I'm trying to be consistent with my value set. I leave the Buckeyes out. I leave the Buckeyes out. Because the body of work would still be four games less than these amazing one loss teams. They would be an undefeated 7 0 Ohio State where we could make the case that their 7-0 and was a lower level of competition than the big boy ACC and SEC teams that, in this scenario, would all have one loss, right? The reason Cincinnati, who's undefeated, can't crack those four is because their level of competition was less than. Mm-hmm. The Buckeyes level of competition and resume and body of work in this scenario, to me, would be less mm-hmm. than than the four heavyweight, one loss in this scenario, at
1: ACC and SEC teams. So, but that's just me, and the voters do different yeah. things. So let me ask you this, though. Right now, would you think that if Florida beats Bama, no matter, just leave everything else to the side, who would finish higher ranked? Florida. Okay, so, and if Clemson beats Notre Dame, right? And the ACC
2: championship game,
1: right? Clemson wins. Yeah. So, guess what happens, yeah. right? The scenario that they have is Clemson 1, Florida 2, e- Bama 3, Florida Dame or Florida, Notre Dame yeah. 4. Yeah, you know what they're not going to do? That. They're not going to run the title games back. They're not. So, what are they going to do? They're going to move Notre Dame out. They beat a backup quarterback. Ohio State will be either one or two. They'll play uh, I think it's Alabama, Notre Dame. I think it's
2: Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida as your semifinals. You're right. They won't want to repeat the exact matchups. They would. That's but we'll see. We'll see, right? Because you know Alabama could lose to LSU for goodness sakes this week. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Ohio State could lose the uh, Big Ten championship the game against Northwestern. Is, the
1: Gators could not get it done against. The yeah. tide. and 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 I know there's other stuff that that we have to get to, but this is one of, one of my yeah. things that I've always been annoyed with with the college football playoff community. The 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 well, you hear this phrase, the entire body of work, but there is nobody right. that cares less about the entire body of work than the college football right. playoff when all they do is react to what happened last week. Bama has already secured a better resume than Florida unless Florida rolled them because what is Florida right so Florida outside of the Bama game beat Georgia not much else Bama they beat Georgia and A M and Auburn right. so you know what I'm saying here so but Niger. and you're going to see how this thing is going to move and and we'll see what happens and if Notre Dame ends up being the sacrificial lamb that gets me my 18 playoff then so be it
2: Now, I hear you in uh, this entire body of work. That's why I still talk about Cincinnati, because in that body of work, it could include a conference championship, where it'll never include a conference championship for a team like Texas A&M, right? So we do have to play all of these out, and we will do so for the next couple of weeks. we got to turn our attention to the NFL here. We've got a game to preview. But before we do that, I want to make this note here. We talk injuries a lot, but we have a story developing with the Carolina Panthers, K. That deserves, you know, some airtime here. The Panthers were on bye last week. So they didn't have to report injuries or anything like that. We you don't know if Christian McCaffrey's back and ready to go or Teddy Bridgewater's knee. But we also didn't know that the Panthers had eight players on the COVID-19 list including two wide receivers DJ Moore who did in fact test positive and Curtis Samuel who is you know a close contact Eight players, Kev. That sounds, to be quite honest, a little bit more than the Raiders' offensive line, a little more than the Raiders' defense, a little more than the Niners' weapons, right? This sounds a little closer to Baltimore or Tennessee to me. I don't know the timing. I don't know where we are, but eight is enough, Kev, for me. Talk to me about the Panthers, your level of concern. They played the Denver Broncos this week, so these are not two playoff teams, so I don't know how invested the NFL is is in this happening, you know, with all systems go. But, Kev, it deserves to be noted. We didn't hear about it because the Panthers had a bye.
1: But the Panthers have eight players currently on the COVID list. Yeah, I think it's kind of probably speaks volumes, right? Right after the Thanksgiving week, they hit a bye week. They're deep into the year. They know their season is over. You start to get a little bit lax. I think that's one of the things, Dane, just from an overarching standpoint of COVID and how it's impacted the sports world. I think we've noticed that – and listen, I don't blame athletes or coaches. This is really hard to you know to ask them to have to be so, so safe. But athletes. it is the sa- – Americans, we've been doing this for
2: eight, nine uh, months,
1: Kev. It's tough. Uh, the what, what everyone else is doing is a whole other issue. Okay. What I'm talking about, okay. though, here is how the Panthers, right – who have been doing uh, this. I every thought you just meant COVID league. fatigue in general in our society. It's, it's not that the Panthers have COVID fatigue, it's that you let your guard down because it's an unseen virus that is transmitted yep. without knowledge. So, that all of a sudden is how, like, look at the NBA, you know, positivity rate that we had talked about last week, right? And the thought Nine, process was yeah. well, it was the offseason. Nobody's thinking about it. And, and then All of this, they're not as, they're not, it's not the bubble anymore. And you're not as on top of it. And it allows something like that to happen. I will say this right now the FanDuel Sportsbook does have open a spread for the game, but no total. We've gotten to the point with COVID as it relates to point spreads, they will post them unless it appears that the quarterback situation is in flux. And sometimes, even regardless of the quarterback situation, they will not be posting totals. So that, of course, is going to be something to keep an eye on. A secondary note, if DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are all out, Christian McCaffrey is going to walk back into like 35 touches again on his first returning week.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, Robbie Anderson would look good in that scenario as well. But we say this now, it is only Tuesday, but important to note because the Panthers were on by, and now all of a sudden they've stacked up eight cases Mm -hmm. and eight players on that list, a situation to monitor as we head into week 14, which will be the playoffs for many fantasy folks, right? So we got to look at week 14, but Kev, we have still got to finish up week 14. 13 and that happens tonight because the Baltimore Ravens
0: who are just getting over the outbreak sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com